The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Our reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Since the Passover of the Jews was near, Jesus went up to Jerusalem. He found in the temple area those who sold oxen, sheep, and doves, as well as the money changers seated there. He made a whip out of cords and drove them all out of the temple area with the sheep and oxen and spilled the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. And to those who sold doves, he said, Take these out of here, and stop making my father's house a marketplace. His disciples recalled the words of Scripture, Zeal for your house will consume me. At this the Jews answered and said to him, What sign can you show us for doing this? Jesus answered and said to them, Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. The Jews said, This temple has been under construction for 46 years, and you will raise it up in three days? But he was speaking about the temple of his body. Therefore, when he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this, and they came to believe the scripture and the word Jesus had spoken. While he was in Jerusalem for the feast of Passover, many began to believe in his name, when they saw the signs he was doing. But Jesus would not trust himself to them because he knew them all and did not need anyone to testify about human nature. He himself understood it well. The Gospel of the Lord. Nobody likes to be judged, and no one, especially in our current day, likes to be labeled judgmental or intolerant. Increasingly, and the social network and fabric of how this is all weaved together, how we come to these decisions is still somewhat foreign to me. Social media plays a big role in this. We have to be careful as to what we say. I'm sure most of the young people here can attest in some way, shape, or form to something that they said that came back to bite them, even though they didn't intend it in the way that was received. We have to be very careful about how we say things, the way we say things, and especially when we're talking about difficult or controversial topics. It's easy to say something that gets taken out of context. It's easy to say something that where we end up being labeled judgmental, intolerant, hateful, bigoted. And I'm not saying that there aren't people out there who are, who are not hateful and bigoted. There are hateful and bigoted people out there. But we just are very sensitive now to saying things and to being received in a way that could be judgmental or intolerant. And so we tend to kind of tiptoe on eggshells, especially around difficult issues. We're not exactly sure how to say something. And so we tend to see in our culture moving in one of two directions, to the extremes, where we just don't address difficult topics, or if we do, we do it in a very milk toast and bland way, 
Or we see on the other side, the other extreme, people who just run roughshod over anything and everything regarding people's emotions. They just say whatever they want, anything else, come what may. We have this same approach also in our moral, in our spiritual life. We hear the Ten Commandments from the first reading, and we think to ourselves, more rules. We recognize, we look to the catechism, we look at the Catholic social teaching, we look at the Beatitudes, all of these prescriptions that we are given to follow after God, and we again can go in one of two directions. We can be so tied down, so bogged down by all of these rules that we are afraid to do anything, or we can just ignore them all together. And yet Jesus comes into our life, and Jesus tells us very clearly The first commandment is the one commandment that you need. And you're going to say to yourself, well, that's ridiculous. Jesus says other things in the gospel. But here's the thing. God says to us in the Ten Commandments, you shall have no other gods besides me. And who is God? 1 John 4, 8. God is love. In Christ Jesus, we have but one commandment. And that is is to love. If love is my God, I have nothing to fear. But here's the beautiful thing, and this is what the second reading in the gospel helps show us, is that our God who loves us, loves us first and shows us how to love. Jesus comes into our lives, comes into the courtyard of our temple, our soul that is filled with things we'd rather not be there. It's filled with sin. It's filled with obstacles to love. And what does Jesus do? He helps us push it out. An encounter with love is an encounter with the fact that God loves me even in my brokenness. God loves me, and God desires my conversion, my change. And so every time we come to Mass, we start with the penitential rite, Lord have mercy, Christ have mercy, Lord have mercy. Every time we go to confession, we invite God into that temple courtyard of our soul and ask him to help drive those things away so that we might live in love. But Jesus doesn't just drive away, he plants solidly, squarely, right in the middle of our hearts the one thing that is necessary for love, the one thing that we need, the one symbol of love, his cross. St. Paul says that Jews and Greeks look for signs and wisdom, but we proclaim Christ crucified. The life of love, the one commandment to love, is Christ on the cross. And so we are called then to love sacrificially. We are called to love freely. We must choose to love. But perhaps most of all, for all of us, is we must choose to act in love. To feel love is not love. Love is what you do, not what you believe or not what you even hope you believe or not what you feel. It's what you do. And this is where all the other commandments come in. Are you coveting your neighbor's possessions or wife? You don't love Are you lying? You're not loving. Are you doing all of these things, killing, sleeping with someone who's not your spouse? All of these things are failures to love. 
And so Christ again and again comes into our life, pushes those things out, and plants his cross there and says, this is love. This is my love, and this is a love to which I am calling you. Yesterday in the church, especially here in the United States, we celebrated one of my favorite saints, St. Catherine Drexel. St. Catherine, when she was born, her father was one of the wealthiest men in the world. She had absolutely, was in want of nothing. Anything she wanted, she had. But three days a week, her stepmother would open their house to the poor. And so even though she lived in the lap of luxury, she got to know the poor in her native Philadelphia. And this changed her. And so when she became an heiress and had more money than she could possibly ever know what to do with, what did she do? She gave it away. And she went to the poorest and most downtrodden and outcast people in our country, African Americans and Native Americans. At the time of her death, I believe it was something like 75 or 80 percent of parishes in African-American neighborhoods and areas and Native American missions were founded as a result of the money donated by Catherine Drexel. But again, she turned to the cross. Just to give her money wasn't enough. She gave her life. She became a religious sister. She lived poorly, simply, obediently. She lived a life of prayer. And so we are called in the same way to invite Christ into our life, to look to the cross so that we might love, so that when our judgment comes and God will judge us, we have nothing to fear because the one who climbed a tree so that we might be with him in heaven will look into our hearts and see clearly and without blemish that cross that he has called us to embrace, that cross where true freedom and true love and true life will always be found.